Everybody were carrying container buckets and buckets and barrels and barrels. And he put it into the open. The rain began to get them stronger. And their children were playing under the rain. They were rejoicing. They have never seen the rain for so long. Have you remember when you were a child? I don't know when, if you played under the rain when you were a child. I did. We roll on the, on, on, on the, on the field. We are so excited about the rain. And we even open up our mouth and begin to drink the rain. Thank you for playing that song tonight. Because I believe the clouds is getting darker. And the rain is gathering. And the, the clouds are gathering. And the rain is about to drop here. As you have cried out and you pray for. If you truly pray for and believe. And cry out for the rain to come. It was a mighty torrent of rain. Old and young began to rejoice. They were all excited and happy. And after two, three hours, the rain stopped. And then the chief said, Okay now, everybody, bring now all your container inside. Everybody jumped into the container they brought out from the house. Some are heavy. A lot are empty. And you wonder why their containers were empty. In their excitement, going to the camp, in their excitement of the three days or three nights of gathering outside the hustle and bustle activities of the city to go up into outside in the skirt at around three hours drive from the city. They brought out everything. But many of them, if not all of them, forgot to remove the lid. So the water came, but it did not get inside. And it's because the lid is there. I hope tonight you are about to remove the lid so that the power of God and the anointing of God and the reign of the Lord can fill you and saturate you all the way through. And so the oil is scratching. The rain came. It was so heavy. But our container is empty. Because the lead was not removed. Other guys said, but the, the lead is taken off. It's open. How come my container is empty? They began to examine. They found out. Their containers are full of holes. So the water came in, but it did not stay. And it just evaporated through. But some of them, their container was in perfect condition. There were no holes. And there was no lid. And they were filled to overflowing. I don't care how long and how powerful the Spirit of God will move here. If your lid is not removed, you will never receive anything. And if you open up the lid, if you have a lot of holes of doubt, of unbelief, of fear, insecurities, anxiousness, anxiety, stress, depression, and focusing all of your problems you left behind and you're wondering how it cannot be solved, those are holes that will allow the blessing of God to just pass through and you go home empty because you did not prepare yourself. I said earlier, God is capable of doing the impossible thing. And he has a blueprint for our lives. And I share it to my brother coming this way. That the plan and the purpose of God are not evil but good. It is not a plan to harm you, to destroy you, to shame you, to embarrass you, to exploit you and take advantage of you. But to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. Can you believe that? But it all depends how conditioned and prepare and prepared your container for a few seconds just look into yourself and ask yourself are there any holes in my life 
It could be a whole, it could be a whole created by disobedience, by rebellion, by laziness to pray, by lack of cooperation in the program of the church, whatever it is. You alone and God knows what are the holes in your life. But the beautiful, beautiful thing is that tonight is the night of restoration. That's the theme of this camp. Restore. See, see to the person next to you, tonight you will be restored. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean it. Speak it up. Open your mouth and say, tonight you will be restored. And as I was sitting here at the opening of the service while the instruction and the, the orientation was given, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me sitting down there. And God spoke to me in the book of Joel. He said, what the locust have eaten and what the caterpillar has eaten and what the palmer worm was eating. And those are all in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the book of Joel. And then God said, but I will restore everything that was eaten up. I will restore everything that was destroyed. I will restore everything that was removed. I will restore. Hallelujah. He will restore marriages. He will restore uh, uh, businesses. He will restore relationships. Even your children that become wayward and living in the world and turn their back against you and the Lord, God will restore it. He will restore your health. He will restore your home. Today, tonight is the beginning of your restoration. I like that word, restore. The only thing that will be restored are something that is broken. Amen? Something that is destroyed. Something that needs to be fixed. When a house is destroyed, you call a carpenter to restore it. When you are sick, you call a doctor to restore you. When your business goes sour and your income it's trying to be depleted. You go for a financial counselor. You need to recognize there is a need of restoration. Restoration cannot take place until you recognize you are broken. And whether you like it or not, every one of us here, including me, we are broken. Mentally, emotionally, socially, morally, spiritually, we are all broken. It's only by the amazing of grace of God we are alive tonight. And the master builder, the master carpenter, Jesus Christ, the Lord said, I will Build my church. I will restore my church. I will raise up my church. I will put my church together and make it brand new again. And the gates of hell will not, cannot, shall not, must not prevail against it. Well, you missed a good point to say, Amen. Unless... You begin to realize you are broken. You will not be restored. Only the sick will go to the physician, Jesus said. The one who is whole doesn't go to the doctor's clinic. He and I was talking about, you know, during the pandemic. Sorry about it. Okay. He said that he could not sleep and this and this and that. 
And I said to him last night, tonight you're going to go home and you're going to go to sleep. And you'll sleep sound. And he came to pick me up to come here and he said, I remember what you said to me before I go to bed. And I fall asleep. Amen? Boy, I have only 40 more minutes. Okay. Now turn your Bibles to Isaiah. Chapter 40, 40 verse 28 to 31. From the New King James Version. I'm still a, I'm still a King James uh, preacher. Okay. It says here, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. I want you to understand. No one has the ability to put our broken lives together and restore it to the original <laughs> plan created in the image and likeness of God. No one is capable to do that but the Lord. Have you not heard? Did you not understand? The Lord is the everlasting God. I like that. The Lord is forever God. Regardless whether you believe or not, God remains to be God. Whether you acknowledge God or not, it doesn't change the position that God is the everlasting God. Your unbelief, your doubt will never diminish him being God. Because whether you believe or not, He remains to be God forever. And never think for a moment that your faith and your confidence and trust in God will improve His position being God. He is infinite in wisdom, infinite in nature, infinite in character, absolute in everything. He is everlasting, unchangeable, forever the same from the beginning to the end. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to understand that. That if our lives need to be restored, our marriage need to be restored, we need to go back to the one who built it. Oh God, help me now. If you want to build a house, you don't go to the bakery. You look for a carpenter, a construction company. But if you need bread, you don't go to the doctor's clinic. He would say to you, there's a big shop around the road. You need to go there. You go to the person who can provide your need. And there is no one in the whole universe capable to restore each one of us except the one who built us. We are the masterpiece of God's creation. We're the pride and the glory of God. But we allow the destroyer called the devil to step into our lives and create a lot of holes in us to release and pass out to us all the glory and the power of God. And we left behind empty and broken. Jesus Christ came went to the cross and said, it is finished. He built it again. And those who received him, he restored him. 
to become sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. And the apostle Paul said, no, you're not. You do not understand. You do not hear that you are the temple of God, the dwelling place of the glory of God, the habitation of God, Christ in you, dwell in you, reside in you. And the apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Remove yourself up from God. You are nothing. You put yourself in God. You have everything. And John 15 tells us, except you abide in me, you will not bear fruit. Because I am the vine, you are the branches. Except you abide in me, you remain in me, you dwell in me, you live in me, you cannot do anything. But if you recognize I'm capable of fixing your life and I became the Lord of your life, I dwell in you, I reside in you, you give me the preeminence in your life. Then I say to you, people of God, you can do all things. Say with me, all things. Including the impossible things. For those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploit. That was Daniel saying to the Babylonian. If you put your trust in God and know God, have you not heard? Are you not un- did you not understand the everlasting God? Fixing. Restoration. Let's continue on. The creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Who can advise God? Hallelujah. The ways of the Lord is far out of for our mind to comprehend and to understand. But it tells us in here. Verse 29. He gives power to the weak. The apostle Paul said in Corinthians. In your weakness, God's strength is perfected in you. And there is a song that goes this way. I am weak, but thou art strong. Keep me, Jesus, from all wrong. Hallelujah. We should never allow weakness. Hallelujah. We need to recognize our weakness. But we should never allow the devil to use our weakness against us. We need to understand we're weak. Because that's the time. You will begin to experience his strong. When you are desperate, Proverbs said, to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. A person that is hungry is no longer picky. He will eat everything that is set before him, or else he will die of his starvation. They have no more excuses. They're desperate. I'm trying to open up your eyes and your mind to come to realization how desperate you are for God. Because no one able in this universe to fix our lives together and restore it to the original plan of God except He Himself. But thank God He brought us here to give us an opportunity for a time of real restoration in the presence of God. This could be the last rain. There will be no more rain to come. Open up all the lid. Seal up every hole. And receive everything that God is going to release for us. 
in these few days we are here. But he gave power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth, even youth will become weak and tired. And young men will fail in exhaustion. But those that trust in the Lord will, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. My God, what a promise. Are you listening? Are you awake? Are you awake? Are you listening? This is God speaking what he's going to do to you. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm ready. Now say, say it like your minute. Lord, I'm ready for you. At a count of three, I want you to jump up and shout. One, two, three. And, uh, and jump, shout out. I said, I'm ready, Lord. Are you ready? You think you're ready, but you are not. You think you're ready, but you're thinking whether you're ready or not. At a count of three, I want you to respond to the Lord. One, two, three. My God, am I in the valley of dry bones? <laughs> At a count of three, I want you to jump up and say, Lord, I'm ready. One, two, three. Oh, God, it's better. For the last time, I want you to revibrate so that God can see the intensity of your desire. Because many of us will be praying, oh Lord, please deliver from this. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. Glory to God. Give the Lord a clap. Hallelujah. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength, they will soar high on wings. Like eagles, they will run and not, be, not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Now, I would like to read this last verse, verse 31, in the Amplified. Amen? I, I really, I, I'm not forcing you. But I'm really asking you to really... Pay attention and open up your heart because I believe God is dealing with your hearts right now. Please do not ignore. If there's a necessity to repent, then repent. If there's a necessity to forgive others, then forgive. Those are holes created by offense. It says in the Amplified, but those who wait for the Lord... Nobody wants to wait. Your patience is tried in the point of waiting. We were in the restaurant. And our order was taken. But it's talking, taking too long for them to serve it. Somebody came after us five minutes before, after us. And they already were eating. And one of my friend of mine, I said, if they will not bring it in five minutes from that, we're walking out from here. And I said, hold on. Patience is a virtue. And so he called up. <laughs> I said, you told us 20 minutes ago it's coming. Where is it? I said, call down. You're losing your testimony. Those are things that will create holes. In our lives. We're too impatient. Even with God. Lord I need you to answer this. And fix it now. Or else. And the Lord said or else what. (laughs) 
Those that wait upon the Lord are the desperate people. You paid the price to come here. Some of you took off from work to be here. You put, you filled up your tank. That's money. It is a great price to come in here. Consider all the energy and the investment you put into this camp. Don't let it be wasted. But those that wait upon the Lord, those who seek God, those who are hungry for the Lord, those who are desperate from God, hallelujah, will have a greater return of their investment. God will not disappoint them for coming here. God will not turn his back from them. And God will show to them that he is the everlasting God, the creators of the ends of the earth, and he gives strength to the weak. And he will soar high in eagle's wings. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun. But see, we're more than eagles. We're greater than the eagles. The eagles is only rising up toward the sun. The S-U-N. But we have the privilege to rise up toward the sun. S-O-N. We're sitting in the heavenly land at the right hand of God. Far beyond the spear where the sun is. To reach the sun S-O-N. You need to pass the sun S-U-N. Are you getting me? Nobody can look directly to the sun. You get blinded. But when you look to the S-O-N, your vision gets clearer. Your vision becomes brighter. You begin to see things you don't see in the natural eyes. And you begin to experience far beyond the realm of the physical. You begin to experience the realm of the supernatural. You have passed the S-U-N and you have reached the S-O-N. And now you are seated together with him in the heavenly realm. That's what Ephesians chapter 2. We are raised up together to sit with him. In the heavenly realm. So you are more than an eagle. You are more powerful than the eagle. Eagle can soar high. The higher it goes. The sharper his eyesight becomes. Eagles doesn't fly. Beneath the storms. He always fly above the storm. Because he's more powerful and stronger than the storm. So you don't see eagles looking up the storms. You see, you see eagles looking down the storms. For eagles are higher than the clouds. Eagles are higher than the storms. Eagles are not subjecting themselves to the elements that can destroy them. They rise up above it, the storm. It's about time for God's people to restore into their position of sonship. Where they don't look up to the storm and say, I wish I can go through this. But they know who they are. They've been restored in their position of sonship. They look down and say, 
You are under my feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to realize that the devil knows you are powerful than him. But he used the, tac the tactics of intimidation. I want you to understand that God has given us power to step upon the devil. I might be 5'1 or 5'1 in a half, but I am six foot tall because I'm stepping on the devil's head. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Behold, I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. When people are restored in that position and they realize who they are in God, they don't have any excuses to say to the devil. You say to the devil, get out of my way. I'm walking through. I'm going to put my feet under you. Many of us, when we see the devil say, Mr. Oh, devil, I'm going to the camp. Don't bother me this time. I want to worship the Lord. That was the, that's the time to say, Ha, oh, it's you again. When the doctor told me, Your kidney, left kidney is gone. Your right kidney is only 29%. I was swelled up. I was so sick, and I heard the devil laughing at me. He said, you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. It's real. It's not a joke to say, to hear the doctor said, you might be going into the machine called dialysis. I said, doctor, not in my life. Not in your life. It's never going to happen. I don't submit to that. I don't, I don't submit myself to that. That happened when my son in 2010 had three, eight hours to live. Attacked with acute leukemia and three hours to live. And I said to the doctor, I don't receive that. That's a word of a man. I received the word of God. And I said to him that believe, nothing shall be impossible. And I said, I believe in my God. Hallelujah. And nothing shall be impossible. He shall be restored. And that was 2010. Now my son is pastoring and lively and married and serving the Lord. You don't succumb to the lie of the enemy when you begin to realize who you are. That's why Isaiah said, have you not heard? Did you not understand that the Lord is the everlasting God? Hallelujah. Oh my God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen carefully to what I'm going to say. There are no problems so great that God cannot solve. There are no problems too impossible that cannot, God cannot solve. There are no needs so great that God cannot provide. There are no darkness so deep that the glory of God cannot brighten. There are no bitterness so deep. That the presence of God cannot sweeten. My God, we're serving an everlasting God. We need to know and understand our God is an everlasting God. He never changed. Your little problem doesn't surprise God. Eagles are strong. Eagles are fearless. They have no fear. They're not afraid. Eagle is a symbol of beauty. The symbol of power. It's a symbol of glory. But according to science, in their studies, eagles can live up to 70 years. 
But by the time they are 35 years old, they're becoming weak and they could no longer fly high. Their eyes is no longer as sharp as before because the higher they go, they go, the sharper their eyes become. But because they can no longer go up higher because their wings are not thick, are now thick, it's now heavy, it's not too strong to take up and soar high. Their talons are no longer as sharp as before. They could no longer catch the prey and hold it. And there are two things that the devil, uh, that, that the eagle is confronted. I will, I will submit to this and die, or I will do something to live another 35 years. You cannot find eagles sitting in the corner feeling sorry for themselves. You cannot find eagles running away from their enemies. That's why those who put their trust in God, those who wait on the Lord, shall be fearless, shall be bold, shall be strong like an eagle. They don't run away from the challenges called problems. They don't suck, succumb to the devices of the enemy. They, 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 they fly higher to become more sharper to see where the enemy is. And they are swept fast. The enemy doesn't even know where it came from and where it went. Isn't it that what Jesus said to Nicodemus? The wind comes and it goes. You never know where it came from and we never know where it went. That's how the God we are serving operate in the week of an eye. It's done. But because the eagle wants to be restored. Say with me, restore. He doesn't want to die early. He doesn't want to die not fulfilling his dream. So the, devil, the, the, the eagle will decide. He will fly to the highest mountain. To be alone with God. That's what you did today. You drove three hours away from the hustle and bustle life of the city to come here to be restored. And when the eagle arrived, when the eagle arrived up in the mountain, the first thing that he will do. He will find rocks, big rocks, and he will build a nest there. And he will spend three to six months up in that mountain. And the first thing he will do is this. The beak is already old. It's no longer sharp as before. The process is painful. The process is agonizing, but he wants to be restored into the robust life, into the energy he has received before. He wants to go back into that first experience when he was first encountered the Lord. Have you still remember the first day you received the Lord? The excitement, the thrill, the joy, the change and the transformation took place. It was a miracle. Many of us had forgotten that. I will never forget June 12, 1960 when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in my heart. I was 15 years old then. I'm 59 years old now. The intensity of my love for God and my confidence in the Lord, it did not diminish. It increased even more. It was not easy, but I was determined. I cannot give in to my weakness. I cannot give in to my limitation. I need the strength of God. And in my weakness, He perfected His strength in me. 
And everything that is broken through the years, he restored. So the eagle will beat his beak on the rock. It's painful until it bleeds. He will be crying because it doesn't happen so quick. He pounded and pounded and all the time and bleeding and wailing for the pain. But he wants to be renewed. He wants to be restored. He wants to go back to that first experience for that first love, for that first encounter with God. He wants to feel again that first embrace. the loving father so he kept beating against the rock until that big will fell off it's painful and it took weeks months for the new one to come out but as he began to discover a new thing coming up the excitement was building up it's going to be sharp again. Hallelujah. And he waited more and more. And he waited more, until finally the new peak came out. Sharp as could be. Fresh. Hallelujah. And then he thinks, second thing that he did is this. He used that brand new peak. And he began to pull one by one the feathers. It's not easy. In other words, skinning himself alive. Try to do that. Get the sharpest knife you can find and begin to try to skin yourself. You will be crazy to do that. It's painful. That's committing suicide. That's death. But the eagle wants to be restored. He went through the pain. He began to pluck all the feathers until he become bare. Naked. I submit to you today until we go back to the original Garden of Eden. Like Adam, standing before God naked and clothed him with all of his glory and splendor. We will not be restored. So today it's time for us to stand before God naked and say, Lord, clothe me with your glory. Clothe me with your beauty. Clothe me with your splendor. Hallelujah. Put on Christ to cover the nakedness of our life. All of us are hypocrites. All of us, we put up a facade. We're smiling outside, but we're crying inside. We tend to pretend that everything is okay, but we know there's a raging storm inside. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage to be naked and open before the Lord. There is nothing more I can do. That's exactly what the eagle did. He plucked every feathers, the wings, until he comes out totally naked. Remove the old for the new to come. Hallelujah. Gloria, touch the person next to you. Remove the old for the new to come. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Lord, I'm willing to remove the old for the new to come. Are you listening? Hallelujah. What does it mean? We need to fully surrender our life to the Lord. When God called me to the ministry, I only finished sixth grade. I started preaching at the age of 16. When I went to Bible school, they do not know what to do with, with Ray. Have no education. He stutter when he speaks. He doesn't speak English. They have three meetings at night time. Deciding what to do to this poor guy. One teacher said, he's not a good materials. 
He's not good material for ministry. He doesn't have talents. He doesn't play any instrument. He, he cannot sing. He has no education. He doesn't speak fluently. He stammer and stutter, and he is introvert. Aren't you glad that God looked at, looked at us in our credentials? But he looked at us in our nakedness so he can clothe us in who he is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When we empty ourselves, we become available to be filled in with God. And I say to you, Jonathan, when you empty yourself, the glory of God will fill you. The presence of God will saturate you. The wisdom of God will prove to you. And the anointing of God will increase in your life. We need to be empty before God. And this prayer is saying, oh God, here am I. Hallelujah. Restore me. After all, the feathers are gone. He waited for weeks and months. And slowly, the feathers were growing again. Hallelujah. And the, and, and, and the eagle becoming excited. New life. New strength. New beginning. Hallelujah. New energy. Hallelujah. New power. Then with the feathers are completely restored. He begin now to scratch his talons against the rock. I, I wish I have a pole. Do you think it's easy? But he's saying in himself, the price to pay might be greater, but the reward, the reward is even much greater. Hallelujah. There are no sacrifices so big that the blessing of God cannot overtake. Your pain and your agonies is nothing compared what God has prepared to release into you. You just need to determine which is more important to you. What God has in store for you or the temporary thing you're enjoying in life. Finally, the talon began to grow. Then it will begin Look directly to the sun without winking his eyes until it burns. And he purposely there, enduring the pain until all the cataracts of disobedience, of cataracts of pride, the cataracts of self. Confidence. Hello? Self-glory are completely removed. And a new pupil, a new eye service has restored. Now, he's ready to live another 35 years. Hallelujah. Now he look at himself. I'm restored. I'm renewed. I'm sharp again. And he spread his wings and it took off. Wow. The same feeling when I first learned to fly. It's accelerating from the inside. And it flew all over. And the higher he goes, the sharper his eyes. But those who wait upon the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, will be much better than the eagle. <laughs> be 
Because why? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And because of him, you can say, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And so when the devil is starting to laugh at me and I said, you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. He thought I will be scared. He thought I will be trembling. He thought I will be crying. And I start laughing. And I said, go ahead, devil. Kill me if you can. I'm not afraid to die. Because if you kill me, I know where I'm going. But if you cannot kill me, and if you will not kill me, you will be sorry. I'm your number one enemy. See, instead of being intimidated, when you're restored in knowledge and understanding who God is, you become more bold as a lion. You roar more than louder than the lion. Because you know who you are in him. Many Christians, they say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. They say, I'm a child of God. But in reality, they're not living the life that he should be. All of us, we're all guilty of that. But thank God for this wisdom given to Pastor David to bring us into a place like this. To give us an opportunity to be fully restored. Because Jesus Christ is coming very soon. He will only come to a restored church. He will only come to a church that is ready for him. So the eagles began to fly again. Wow. Now, I will conclude with this another story. There was once... Remove this, please. There was once a farmer. Who went up into the mountain hunting. He found... A huge egg. And he decided to take it home. He was wondering whether it's an ostrich egg, but he said, ostrich doesn't come up to the mountain. High mountain. Because ostrich doesn't fly. So finally he decided in his mind, this is an eagle's egg. So he took it home. It was looking nice. And the wife said, what is that giant egg doing in the table? Take it out. I said, I, said, I found it in the mountain. And it's still looking good. Okay. I brought it home. Why? I don't know. I just brought it home. The wife said, take it out. So he carried the egg outside the house. And he saw the mother hen in the chicken coop. He decided, while the mother was looking for worms, to put the eggs on the chicken's nest. Together with the little eggs. The mother hen went back and said, Ooh, that egg doesn't belong here. It did not come from me. I don't lay eggs like that. So he began to scratch his head. But how can this egg come in here? It must have come from me. And I was laying down here. It came out of me. Oh, I am great. I'm powerful. Look at that. So he began to sit on it. The warmth of his body, her body began to develop 
the life inside the egg. After so many weeks, the eggs hatched. And all the chickens and, all, and the mother hen, including the little eagles, they were all shocked. And I said, the eagle said, oh, wow, I'm bigger than them. I don't belong here. The little chickens, the little chicken said, hey, he doesn't belong here. All we don't belong here. And the mother hen said, that's not mine. Impossible. These are my little ones, but it's in my nest. It should be mine. So the course of time, now they are brought out. They were all scratching for worms. And the little eaglets is behind. And I said, I hate to say that. I don't like to eat worms. But the little chicken was scratching and scratching, and they were Picking warm. And the mother then said, hurry up. Because the eagle, the eagle was sitting behind and discussing. I'm out of place. This is not where I belong. See, when you, when you don't belong to something, you're restless. You feel out of place. I want you to know. You're not, you're in, you're not an Accident being here, it's not a mistake being here. You're in the right place at the right time, appointed by God. Because something is about to happen supernaturally in your life. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Went by, the weeks went by, and the month went by. All the little chickens went their real ways because they're now big in themselves. To find worms. The mother hen began to wander again, looking for the rooster. <laughs> to have another time of excitement. I'm now free. My little ones are now on their own. One day, the little eagle was left in the back of the barn. And I said, I don't belong here. I think. I belong somewhere, and all of a sudden, he saw an eagle flying up above the sky. And he heard the sound of it, and it seems like it's beckoning him to come, you know. Come up here! You don't belong there! And the excitement built up on him, and he said, yeah, I want to fly like him. It, I feel like I can fly. But chicken doesn't fly. So he discharged this in mind, in, in his mind. The second day, the same thing happened. The feeling was building up. I believe I can fly. And the mother, the eagle up in the sky, he said, come up here. See, he was teasing him. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the young eagle spread up his wings. And he took off. He flew. And he looked down. He saw the... The roof of the barn, the barn, he pulled his wings and said, oh, eagles doesn't fly. What am I doing? So he fell on the ground. Many people in the church, they think they, they, think they are eagles, but they have a mind of a chicken. Chicken, 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 fried chicken, tandoori chicken, marsala chicken. One week went by and he said, I really want to fly. So one day he decided, I'm going to fly. So the eagle up in the sky was circling around. The emotion was building up. And all of a sudden he said, Eagle or no eagles? If chicken, I am. But I want to fly. He spread his wings and he took off. And he began to follow the eagles. And the little eagles began to sing. I believe I can fly. 
I believe I can reach the sky. Hallelujah. That eagle is you. That eagle is you. Are you ready for restoration? Are you ready for God to touch a kalabashanda? Stand up to your feet. Are you ready to fly? Are you ready to fly? Are you ready to receive what God has for you? Are you ready, people of God, to meet God?